chance, one life, one take. Little room for mistake. Who do you? Thirty end of life jewel in thirty days. Uh, today we have Anna Adams. Um, she's coming to us from San Antonio, Texas. Uh, hello, Anna. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. Yay! We're excited to have you. Uh, your doula business, you can go ahead and say, um, the, cause you kind of have a couple different angles here. Who, who do you work for? What do you, what do you do? So I work for holistic care or holistic hospice here in San Antonio. I'm actually a doula on the team. Um, so I service the team. I work with the team along the side of them, uh, to meet the needs of all of our patients. And you are the founder of International Doula Life Movement. So we just started Interla- International Doula Life Movement, uh, had our first class in January. And so we are so excited to graduate. We've already graduated 39 students and we have 30 more coming up this uh, next week. So we're so excited. And it's like I tell all my students and my students are like, yes, this is totally what I understand what you're saying now, because I tell them, you know, we become a family. They're not just a student in the school. We actually just really get to know each other, get to go through this journey together. So I tell them we are, we're like a family, just like when you're going to go out and see your patients, they're going to become part of your family. So we kind of have that same concept here with International Do the Life Movement. We become family, we become friends, and it's been a wonderful, wonderful experience. Yeah, so really the cohort model in a way where everyone kind of does the class together for 12 weeks and really gets to know each other and what they do. Amazing. It's really interesting because we even have some that follow along self-paced, but when we get to our case study, they start pairing up and they get to know others and I uh, just had a student today tell me, she's like, you know, I was so shy and I wasn't going to, I was going to do my study individually, but she said, you know, I am so happy that I got to do that because it took me outside the box. I got to meet other fabulous um, doulas as well. And so it was, it's a growing learning experience for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. And case study work, I think is just um, amazing. Uh, if anyone can get a chance to be part of case study work, I think there's a lot of growth and a lot of understanding of the people in the room, uh, or even if it's a virtual room, um, you get to learn a lot and grow. Absolutely. Yes. Amazing. So we're going to dive right into your why. Um, what brought you to end of life doula work? So about when I was 16 years old, I'd just gotten my CNA, which is a certified nursing assistant. And I took on a client privately, which was my best friend's um, cousin. And she had MS. And so I cared and I worked for her. And shortly after working with her a few months in, she uh, got very ill and ended up going on hospice. So that's where my hospice journey started. Um, I tried to step out of it, but I kept getting drawn back. And I just finally said, okay, universe, I'm not going to fight you on this. And everything has just come together. I've been on a hospice crisis care team, worked in a hospice inpatient unit, um, gotten uh, to be able to meet with and work with amazing people and learn so much and to be able to be there with the families. 
Uh, that's what I really loved about doing the crisis care team. So we would go into the home and work with the family, just much like as a doula role. And so being in that CNA role, I could not, of course, give medications, things like that. So I was more doing the holistic role anyways. And so I then decided to step out, do EMS for a, little, a few minutes, four years, five years, and work in, worked in EMS and came back into hospice, had this calling that said, because I would still get patients calling me to come work with them and, you know, working through their journeys and things like that. So I decided, you know, what, stop fighting it and just dive back in. And as soon as I did, everything started coming to really together. So it's been a blessing. I just love when I hear, yeah, you get to work with the whole team of, of people around this person and it's, um, it's, it's something special and something to think about. It is. Amazing. So an uh, EMS, it's a paramedic, correct? Something. Well, they have different levels. They have EMT, advanced, and then paramedic. So I actually was a uh, manager or an office manager and dispatcher. So I was over dealing work with the intakes of the calls. And um, so it's weird because you go in for one area of, of medical where you're trying to save life and trying to prolong it. And then just going to the other opposite rim where we're trying to be comfortable. We're trying to keep the patient pain free. We're trying to, you know, cover all those spiritual, emotional angles as well. So I, I find that doing the end of life doula is more, has been more of a blessing to me and getting to help people go through that journey. And it's funny because a lot of people don't like to talk about death, you know, we talk about getting ready when we have a baby, you know, we start planning and we plan for them when they come afterwards to go off to college. But then after that, we stop planning. So being able to go out in the community and just a, even when now with the school, being able to go out and help others to be that voice, to share that it's okay to talk about death. It's, you know, nothing is going to happen if you talk about it. Um, but it's something that allows you to dive in deep and really get your wants and needs out there so that when that time comes, you know, you can have that time with your family, you know, being, when I was in the inpatient unit, I would see so many families come through that it happens so quickly. They come in and the patient's literally hours or minutes away from passing they have, you know, they don't have anything ready. They don't have a funeral home. They don't know if the patient wanted to be cremated. They don't know if they wanted to be buried. They had, they have no knowledge of what to do. And so you see that they're dealing with more of that fear of, oh my gosh, you know, am I making the right decision to do this? Am I making the right decision to do that? You know, and so you don't get to really embrace that end of lifetime that you have with that loved one. So I think having doulas aside and if, and if we can, as doulas, come in earlier, just as getting hospice on earlier will allow families and patients and, you know, to really embrace that moment. That's amazing. It, it is. It, it's the biggest gift we can give to our loved ones. Absolutely. Is Absolutely. that right? Right. That mm -hmm. taking care of them at that moment as well, if we can prepare ahead of time. <sighs> take a breath into that. That's people are going to have to go back and listen to that one a couple of times. Anna. That's good. 
that's good stuff. Well, and, uh, you know, I, I think too, letting them be the mother, letting them be whatever that role, because they've been caregivers for so long, letting them just step aside and be a son, be a daughter, be, you know, the niece or whoever they are, the partner, whatever the case might be, letting them actually take that role. I find that a lot of our families breathe, their breathing is a lot better because they were able to be in that role that they were in and not so much into that caregiver role when that time comes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of my favorite parts of the end of life doula movement that's coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Absolutely. you know enough about hospice um, care is that it's the medical model is what we kind of understand, right? It's the umbrella of the medical and then doulas are under the relational and or spiritual, that kind of care, the non-medical care. And if if we have those two umbrellas over here, the loved one can kind of step away from doing some of that work. Um, and Exactly. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's such a good conversation. That's a whole other conversation that we'll have to continue on another episode because <laughs> just there's so much to it. Uh, so I'm glad that you brought that into the room because it's important. So you spoke a little bit about how you got here and you, it was kind of a gradual 25 year path of starting at 16, uh, so young uh, to be touched. And it sounds like it pulled you along. Um, Were there any trainings or books or people that really influenced you on your, how you became a doula? You know, I would have to say what really influenced me and I learned from was our pioneers, such as, you know, Deanna Cochran, uh, Suzanne O'Brien, um, I think also Alua. Um, yes, I think all of them. And, and there's so many more. Um, Barbara Carnes, uh, the RN, who's got some fabulous books out there as well. Uh, there is another one, Patty, Patty Brennan is awesome as well. I've used a lot, I've read through a lot of her books and used them to refer out to other people, you know, to look at as well. So I think all of our pioneers is really, they take in because we can all learn from each other, you know, and that's, that's one thing that's amazing that we need to take in and embrace um, as doulas is to have that love for everybody. So that not that, you know, we need to not think, sometimes we, we think in the flesh of taking, taking, but we all have something to get. So let's all share that and give to each other, you know? Absolutely. Um, building a team of end of life care, uh, just people that you know and trust and can learn from and, and find um, a space with is just that's the whole point of this really is that we're just trying to connect everybody together and grow awesome. together yeah mm-hmm. yes ma'am yep exactly so as you're growing uh, from you know reading and listening and following these footsteps of these amazing and women I just love that all those are women too doing all this great work here um, what have the challenges been? I know that you just founded this school, um, finding clients over the years. What challenges have you found working in hospice and being a doula too? 
I think the biggest challenge has been just getting the education out there. There's so many people in this world that don't understand or know what end-of-life doulas do. Um, getting that training, that um, that education that what we do can be an asset to hospice, can be uh, an asset to the families as well. You know, they don't always, hospices, you know, they're so focus centered on, you know, that one main goal that they may have. And so sometimes, you know, you have to take a step back and look at it. Uh, that's one of the reasons I absolutely love working with holistic care because our CEO, Erica, she saw the vision, you know, she saw the vision of having an end of life doula being a part of that hospice team, how much it helps bring in because we help complement. We help complement the chaplain. We help complement the social worker, the nurse, the CNA. We, we help in all different areas that we can still provide that care and support to. So I think it, you know, just really getting education out there. Now on the private practice side, I think working with that. The, I think the biggest thing is not being able to build insurance. A lot of families, and that's why I personally work off like a sliding scale, because uh, if I come across somebody that they just really don't have the funds, then, you know, I may do it as a pro bono. I may really, really drastically lower my prices to uh, accommodate them or, you know, but then you run into class those clients too, that they don't want a handout. Um, so I'll tell them we have a special for veterans, you know, this is our special for our veterans, you know, and that helps kind of take that edge off. But I think not being able to have that opportunity where insurances can have a doula service option um, can make it difficult. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is part of this bigger conversation. Uh, and we're happy here at Dead Funny Dead Tears to, to host that, that conversation if anyone's interested. Um, any comments that you have on that, just put it in any of the, the links below or anything like that. Put it in the comments because we do want to know that piece, right? Community care uh, versus the medicalization of hospice has really come up so many times in this, in these podcasts, uh, that whole hospice workers were doing doula work until it became medicalized. And now right. doulas are taking that next role. And should we medicalize it, put it under insurance, and then more people would have access, uh, and what would it lose and what would it gain? And it's such a deep, mm -hmm. it's a big conversation. It's more than this 15, 20 minute podcast here. <laughs> It is. Again, it is. It really is. Again, putting that in the room, though, that is a challenge is making sure that, we, you know, you can make enough money to be of service and mm -hmm. not charge uh, anything if we need to be of service. So. Right. Right. You're putting big things in this room, Anna. Or... <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> good. It's good stuff. Uh, this is the important stuff that we need to talk about. I think if we don't talk about it, if we don't um, have that conversation, then there's no movement. You know, how are we going to get to that movement if we don't talk about it? Absolutely. 
And as we're educating the public, educating ourselves on what we want and what we need uh, as as a movement. Those are big challenges, but what are your hopes for end, for end of life doulas? You know, I really, really, really hope that down the line, as we continue to grow and move this movement along, that just like any patient that goes on hospice or any kind of end of life care, even if they choose not to use hospice, because there are some patients that choose not to, that anyone that's going through end of life would have a doula by their side to walk them through all these things, whether it's advanced planning or uh, end of life care or the burial portion, you know, all of that. I wish that we could, everybody gets an end of life doula with them. Absolutely. You're in good company there. Um, and so what do you, what are you looking forward to with this new company that you have going forward, International Doula Life Movement? What are your dreams? Taking so, over the world? <laughs> we want to move doulas. We want to get more doulas out there in so many areas because there are so many areas that there may not even be a doula in their area for 50 miles or more. So the more doulas we get out there to be able to offer support, um, to be able to, you know, we're not just working with end of life and at International Doula Movement, we're also looking at other rims of the doulas uh, areas, but also one of our upcoming events that we're working on right now is we're working on It's Our Okay to Be Me movement, where we are talking to practitioners and training practitioners from real life people that have this experience to teach doulas how to go in and deal with different dynamics that, that the someone who may fall in that category of having these other issues, you know, um, maybe they've had a longtime partner and the family is now coming because this person is, is, you know, at their end of life and they start to shut off the partner. So how can we be at, how can we as a doula come in and help sort that and kind of take a little bit of that tension away and help that person transition peacefully and letting them know that when they're going peacefully, that everything's okay on the other end. So with, with the living, so we want to, we want to offer more classes about doing and working with different types of clients. Um, We're also working on our social or excuse me, racial justice movement. Um, even practitioners, they go through it, you know, where they may walk in because they are an African-American, they walk into a home and somebody might, you know, tell them to go away because of the color of their skin, you know? So we want to train our practitioners to know how to go in and how to one, to handle it personally. And number two, how to help see what they could do to ease that away for the clients. So we're just looking out and trying to go out and make a movement. Um, and hopefully we will um, continue growing. We're already, we're internationally already. We have had students from Malaysia, Canada area, all over the United States. So, and we're also working on um, offering a Spanish program. So that will be up and running in August. So that doulas that are, in the Spanish language would be able to take the course in their own language. Well, that maybe is taking over the world, isn't it? You're just going language, languages and everything else. 
sounds like there's a lot of things going on over with you. Can they find you on any social media? Do you have, where can they find you? Absolutely. They can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash international doula life movement. They can also go to our website at www.internationaldoulalifemovement.com. And they can find us on Instagram as well uh, at International Doula Life Movement. International Doula Life Movement all over the place. Yes. And all the social media, it sounds like. Uh, coming to us. And we're working on Clubhouse too. So, (laughs) and Clubhouse, there's always something else to learn and we'll head on over there. You can find me on Clubhouse as well. And we'll have more conversations like this. How about that? What a deal. Absolutely. I would love to have a room with you and and talk about this more. (laughs) Yes. All right. Find us over on Clubhouse. Uh, A huge thank you uh, to you, Anna. Um, and for sharing all of that with us. I appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You are welcome. Uh, You can find all of Anna's info in the show notes below. um, And you can find her, like she said, on all those social media platforms. Uh, To all the lovely listeners and anyone that's watching on YouTube, uh, if you're enjoying the series, uh, 30 End of Life Duels in 30 Days, it would mean the world to us if you subscribe or like or Uh, leave a review, any of those things, pick one. Um, And it just tells us make more content like this, right? That this is valuable and having conversations about ethical end of life is important because we think it is. So allow us to do more of that. Once you did one of those things or all of those things, hop on over to Instagram or TikTok, join us there. That lets us get to know you and answer your questions. So if you have any specific questions, let us know. We want to answer them because that's just fun. And that is all for today. And we will see you in the next episode.